Hey everyone, this is Craig Valentine. I'm here with my friend Jay Ferugia, Jason Ferugia, the man behind uh, Muscle Gaining Secrets and the Renegade Gym in New Jersey, which is the coolest place to work out in the world. So Jay, welcome to the call. Thanks for having me, Craig. And last night I was reading your new book, which is Triple Threat Muscle, and I have to say it's probably the most unique fitness book that I've ever come across, mostly because you have actually done studies on your own clients. So, uh, I mean, everybody's got case studies, but you've got where you actually split them up, and so I thought that was really cool. So why don't you maybe just explain a little bit of the background to people about what you actually did, how you were able to do that, and, and monitor the results. Yeah, no doubt, definitely. I um, Over the last two years, I just, you know, I've, I've had systems that I've worked with forever that, that have worked, but I'm always, you know, I'm obsessed with training. I'm always trying to come up with something new, something exciting. So I said, let me let me try a few different things here. And uh, over the last couple of years, I had more average guys. I always had a lot of uh, elite-level athletes. Uh, even the high school guys I trained were strong, and they've been with me for a while. And for whatever reason, over the last couple of years, I had a lot of just normal, average Joes, uh, weekend warrior kind of guys. Um, and I, I said, you know, I haven't worked with this many guys that, in this population for so long. Let me see what really works best for them. So I took groups, I, and I had a, a huge pool of guys to work with, and I split them up into different groups, and I ran through all kinds of different splits, um, you know, a full body workout and upper-lower splits. And I experimented with three days and four days and different uh, sets and rep schemes and volume and uh, frequency. And uh, basically it was just two years of experimenting, uh, you know, tons of different variables to see what worked best for the, for the average guy. And uh, we came to some uh, some pretty cool conclusions. And so one of the things that I thought was pretty interesting was your findings on the four-day versus three-day split. Now, whenever I've been doing trying to do four day splits, or like even for the meathead stuff, it always comes out to like three and a half days or like three and a third days. It's never really like useful, or you know, it just becomes so much irrelevant stuff to try and get full four full days in. So, what did you? Uh, what were some of the stuff? Some of the stuff that you found there? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I like three days of hard strength training for most people. Um, because most people have a life outside of the gym. I mean, if, if they're athletes, obviously, they're busy with that, uh, with their sport. Uh, weekend warriors, you know, have, have things going on on the weekends. Or people just have hobbies like surfing or snowboarding or, you know, people just have a full-time job and family. So uh, three three hard days is really the most I find most people can recover from. Um, and even oh, there's also the mental factor, too, where I find that if I have guys come to the gym three days, they're really excited about it. The fourth day, it's kind of like, oh, we're here again. I, you know, I like people to be excited coming to the gym. And myself, I like that, too. And I'm like, oh, my God, i got to do another workout. And the fourth day, just, you know, some people do want that fourth day, but I find if I make that fourth day just an easy day, like buys and tries and calves and abs or something, that's the most people can handle. Four big workouts is a lot to handle. And you got to remember that recovery isn't just physical. It's mental, emotional. You know, stress weighs, uh, weighs heavily on that. So... Uh, I, I do like three days, and I encourage everyone to have a life outside of the gym and play sports and be active. So with three days, you can do the things you want to do. You can do martial arts. You can play flag football. You can uh, surf. You can run hill sprints, whatever you want to do, you know. Perfect.
the other cool thing that I thought you touched on a little bit is, is the way you have your sets and reps set up in that specific program, in the triple threat program. Um, and, and I noticed something the other day, you know, I'm, I've noticed a few times, but, you know, going in, I was doing five sets of five on something, and, you know, the first two sets were, you know, it's kind of like still in the warm-up phase, even though I did pretty good warm-up. And then the third set was like, boom, everything just started to, like, drive up so well. And then I think the way you set your sets and reps up in that program, it kind of has that same mentality or takes that same approach. Yeah. Yep. Or maximizes that benefit is what it really should be saying. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're really not ready on your first set to, to give it give it everything you got. And um, your CNS isn't really prepared. And just your joints, your whole body's not really prepared. So I do like to do – I like to do a lot of warm-ups, more warm-ups than uh, normal, uh, keeping the reps low. And um, But the way we set the sets and reps up in the program itself with, with the work sets definitely leads to your uh, your heaviest set being more effective than if you did it in the traditional way. Yeah, and so why don't you just maybe, like, explain how you would do your general body warm-up and then maybe just, you know, would you – like, when do you get into that major heavy set? Um, let's say if we're doing, uh, let's say we're doing an incline press and we're going to start with, uh, 250. So, well, we'll do, we'll do the general warm up first, which is, um, you know, a lot of calisthenic type stuff and, um, just some dynamic, uh, we'll start with jumping jacks, swings, um, mountain climbers, some isometric holds, some, uh, glute activation, ab activation, stuff like that. That'll be about 10 minutes. Um. And um, I'm a big believer in that kind of warm-up, really preparing the joints and, and the muscles and tendons and ligaments and everything. Um, I, I used to not be so big into warming up, but uh, I definitely found it, it, it really long-term for, you know, if you want to be healthy, it's uh, definitely definitely a requirement. But uh, And then when we get into specific warm-ups, um, like I said, we're going to incline press 250. That's going to be our starting weight for the day. We'll work up, um, warm up with the bar. 95, 135, and then I like to make small jumps, actually, where normally I would have gone 135, 185, right to 225. I prefer to make smaller jumps, 20-pound uh, uh, jumps, and really focus on accelerating um, as fast as possible. You know, that fires up the nervous system, gets you more prepared. And then with How many the, reps are uh, you doing on each set? Are you doing three, six? Uh, three to five, usually. And then we get closer okay. to, to, the, uh, to the work set. I'll do a couple singles. Like, if we're going to start with 250, a single of 225 and a single of 240, and then we'll start at 250. And I like the 250 set to be that's your first work set, but it's not going to be your heaviest set. So that that sets a, a work set. It's almost like a working warm up set. You're still going hard, but then we're going to increase the weight on the next set, drop the reps a little, and that really prepares you better for your um, for your heaviest set. So you've always, you know, not just in this book, but you've always been writing about how people do way too much in their warm-up in terms of reps and, and actually cause fatigue in their warm-up. You want to maybe just mention, explain to people what they're doing wrong there? Yeah, you know, you um, like I said, I, I like to do a lot of warm-ups, but I don't want to cause, I don't want you to be breathing heavy during your warm-ups. I don't want lactic acid accumulation. I don't want you getting a pump, too much of a pump during your warm-up. And um, so by doing a lot of warm-ups properly with low reps, you'll fire up your CNS without uh, just burning out, you know, not, not getting too tired. You don't want to waste a lot of energy. That's why you keep the reps low. So you just keep um, do a lot of repeats, which will kind of grease the groove, as Pavel likes to say, and, uh, you know, excite the nervous system. So we'll do, um, instead of just doing, you know, 10, 8, 6, 6, something like that, I'll just do 10 reps on the first one just to get a little blood flow, and then all, all the warm-ups will be 3 to 
got some of the blood flow going from the, the all the other stuff you've done before, the general. Yeah, the warm-up. jumping jacks and all the whole dynamic warm up. Okay, perfect. Um, okay, and then uh, you know when I got into the rest of the nutrition part of that that book that we were reading, that the triple threat book that you got coming out, you mentioned in there that you actually like the warrior diet way of eating, which I actually didn't even know. You never mentioned this before. You held this back from me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I do like it. For fat loss, I do like it. Um, it's pretty simple because I find that working, people don't always have a great, uh, as much as you and I know about nutrition, people don't always study it like you and I do. So when I try to explain diets to people, fat loss diets to people, a lot of times they get very confused and they want something simple. And I say, if I say eat this, 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 and this six times a day, you know, there's a lot of confusion. Whereas if I just tell them, all right, you know, uh, one main meal a day, it's very simple. You know, there's not a lot of thinking. And what are you going to eat through the rest of the day? Just a couple pieces of fruit. It's very, very easy. And it also allows them, I mean, you can't have a pizza every night on that, but as long as you, you know, you can, you can kind of feel fulfilled and, um, you know, satisfied with that big meal at night. You kind of get to cheat. You get to eat, uh, eat your fill at night, but, you know, not obviously, like I said, don't eat pizza and whatnot, but it's a very easy diet, and um, you will find that on it you do have a lot of energy because um, when you're eating all day, it does take a lot of energy to digest and um, use up uh, a lot of enzymes, and, and you do. Uh, I know personally when I'm eating to gain size, I'm tired all the time from eating so much, but eating very minimally throughout the day, you will find that your your mental focus and your energy is great, unlike what, what people would think, but... Um, that's really the main reason I like it, just because it's so easy. Yeah, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but, you know, my friend Brad Pilon, he he talks about, you know, the fasting stuff. But we find that, you know, some people, if they force themselves to eat breakfast, they actually become more tired after they eat breakfast than if they hadn't eaten breakfast, you know, hadn't forced that breakfast on them themselves in the first place, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then so when you kind of eat along that schedule, you also having a shake in the morning? Uh, yeah, I, I modify it a little bit. I have a shake in the morning, and then I'll just have fruit all day. And then at night, I would just have a, I would start with uh, vegetables and hummus, a huge salad. Um, I, I don't eat meat or anything, but if you do, you could, you know, obviously have a big uh, piece of meat, a big salad, uh, brown rice, you know, whatever you would want. I, I just have beans and rice or, a big, like I said, a big salad, vegetables, stuff like that. Yeah, and I've I've had dinner at your place when Jen's made it for you, and, and everybody listening to this call don't think that Jason is involved at all in the food preparation here, but he uh, <laughs> he does he does eat very well at, at, right. at dinner. Jen does an amazing job. Um, okay, so switching that up, so you know that's a fat loss thing. What about you know people listening to this call really like okay, well, what do I want to eat if I want to gain muscle? And uh, you know, don't be afraid to to throw in like your um, your plant based recommendations because a lot of people on Facebook were asking about how that's working, does that work, will it work long term? And so you know, just general guidelines. You know, you can't get into it too specific here, but uh, you know how to do that. Yeah, um, I think it works definitely. I've uh, I've had no problem regaining size after my injury with that uh, with a plant based diet. I've had a lot of people doing the same. I've had clients make the switch. No one's having any trouble maintaining size or strength or gaining. Um, it's, a, it's a little difficult. The only time it becomes difficult is if you have trouble staying lean because then, you know, they, as they say, vegetarians have to kind of go through their carbs to get to their protein. So you um, you do have to eat a decent amount of carbs to gain size on a vegan diet, and um, that, that's the only issue. But if that is an issue for you, you're going to have to add in more conditioning and more cardio. But, um, 
it can be done, and you're going to have to take more, more protein shakes, which I don't always recommend to people, but it becomes a necessarily, necessary evil on this kind of diet. But, um, you know, and for most people, I have no problem. If you want to eat meat, that's, that's entirely your decision, but you have to understand that uh, through evolution, we didn't eat meat six times a day like a typical bodybuilding diet. You know, we ate when we got a kill, which was once every few days, so you might eat meat six times a month versus six times a day. So if you eat animal products, uh, you know, that's, I have no problem with that, but I would, I would kind of lessen it a bit, you know, cut it down to maybe once or twice a day, uh, you know, really limit the red meat and the pork consumption, stick more with chicken and fish, organic, the red meat and the pork consumption, stick more with chicken and fish, organic, and uh, eggs, and just rotate. You want to make sure that you rotate your food sources as often as possible. And if you're trying to gain size, like, I mean, calories are the most important thing. Carb, for skinny guys, carbs are the most important thing. So just load up on the brown rice, the oats, quinoa, barley, uh, things like that, <clears throat> um, whole grain bread. And, um, and nuts are huge. Nuts, I, I always have any skinny guy just carry nuts everywhere. I just load up on nuts all day. They're, you know, a ton of calories and easy to eat. So. Awesome, man. Hey, so why don't we now turn back to uh, your gym, because it's just so cool, and everyone who uh, is listening to this call, even if they live halfway around the world, they can get a great great idea just by going to the renegadegym.com, checking out the video there, and then also yeah, you got some awesome YouTube videos, and it's just this cool little place tucked away in Jersey, so why don't you tell us about some of the crazy stuff that you guys do in the gym, and also just you know how you set up your training program, like it's not a gym where you can just go in anytime you want you got to go in there in the groups, and, and, I mean, I watch those groups train, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm ready to move to Jersey right now just because it's so awesome to be there. Right. Well, thanks for saying that. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, we, we do mainly group training, and um, we just try to make it fun. You know, um, we, we stick with the basics, obviously. Everyone's, everyone's there. It's my belief that everyone should learn something, so I'm not just there entertaining people. Um, there is going to be the frustrating part of learning things. So I do want people to learn how to squat and deadlift, which, as you know, is complicated and takes time. So we, we always stick to the basic list. Everyone's going to squat deadlift, if they can, if they, if they don't have an injury, um, things like that. And then we make it fun by, first of all, group training is a lot more fun. You know, we compete. Uh, we keep track of records. Um, we keep a record board, things like that. And anytime something's measured and, and improves a lot more, you know, and, and – um, the whole camaraderie, everyone gets to know each other, everyone, you know, screams at each other, cheers each other on, and, you know, that, that all makes it fun, and then we, we do a ton of non-traditional stuff, which makes it fun as well, um, a lot of kegs and log presses, and uh, we flip tires and drag sleds and push the prowler, and we'll always do a, ch- I'll, I'll, I'll have the workouts planned, like you said, it's not a public gym, uh, we train in groups, and we have, um, usually two different groups. One is more a, a size and strength kind of group where it's just skinny guys looking to get bigger, stronger, more explosive and powerful. And then another one, which is uh, more of a fighter kind of workout, which is geared for conditioning and fat loss. And it's good for guys who are a little bit beat up. They, maybe they can't squat or deadlift, stuff like that. So but we'll always, I'll, I'll have the workouts printed out and we will also randomly, I'll add a challenge at the end of the day. Not every day, but at least once or twice a week, we'll have a challenge. You know, we'll say, let's see how many times you can uh, clean and press the log, or how how long you can hold this position, or how many times you can go back and forth on the monkey bars. So we keep it fresh and keep a challenge. And you know, everyone loves that. They're always screaming and fighting, 
to the death and, you know, just challenge each other. That, that makes a great atmosphere. So it's basically kind of what we do in a nutshell. Yeah, it's awesome. So, uh, you know, what kind of exercises that can people do at your place that they won't be able to do at regular gym? Obviously, the prowler is the biggest one. Steve hand raise. But then you got log pressures and you got the um, fouling ropes. Talk about that stuff a bit because it's just awesome for people to check out. Yeah, we, yeah, we have a ton of stuff that you couldn't get at a regular gym. Um, battling ropes are great for conditioning and fat loss. Uh, the prowler is awesome. I highly recommend everyone get one of those. Um, we, we use chains a lot, but not in the, in the power lifter sense. We use them uh, to do curls with and tricep extensions, uh, which is actually great if you have elbow problems and can't do normal tricep extensions because it, the chains deload at the bottom. So it, actually for, for certain elbow and uh, shoulder problems, chains are great. Uh, where you just attach a handle to them and press. If you have a shoulder problem like I do, I can't press out of the bottom, but I can with the chains because they deload at the bottom. So um, uh, stuff like that, uh, farmer's walk implements we have, which, um, you know, unfortunately most gyms don't have this kind of stuff. But And then I'm always adding new stuff, you know, to, just to keep it fun, keep it fresh. So we have mace bells in there now, which are great to do some ab exercises and, and Recently, I started with the uh, with the Indian clubs, which are great uh, shoulder rehab, prehab exercise. So we're always looking at, always adding new stuff, creating new stuff. We have the slosh pipe, which is a great core core uh, exercise. All kinds of stuff like that. How are you using uh, How are you using kettlebells right now? I know you got quite a few in there. Yeah, we use them. Um, we use them for a lot of different things. Um, obviously, the, the main two big exercises, the snatches and the swings, we do. Um, and I'll, I'll use um, swings. I always do high reps. Snatches. I will do uh, low reps for explosive uh, power development, and I'll also do them high reps for conditioning kind of challenge. Uh, we do do those two main exercises and a variety of different swings: two arm swings, one hand swings between the legs, outside the legs, um, and then we'll just use them for for regular stuff too, like pressing and rows and. Loop a, loop a towel through them or a rope through them and do curls with them, swings like that with a towel and rope through them. Uh, a lot of different things. You know, and I, I come up with new unconventional ways to use them, too, as, as often as possible. And then when you're doing those programs, so it's not like you're not like the kettlebell guys who are like this entire workout is kettlebells. So it would be like, you know, no, no, we'll do, we'll really, um, I mean, there'll be a lot of times where I won't do any kettlebells and then some workouts will be, you know, one kettlebell exercise, maybe two. It's, it's not the whole yeah, so when I was there, it was kind of like, okay, everybody came in, and you had guys and girls, and we'll talk about that in a second. But, uh, you know, you kind of have like a main lift and then a bunch of assistants kind of in a superset and then and then kind of like conditioning kind of at the end. Is that how I would say the majority of your workouts might be going down at the gym? Yep, yeah, pretty much. Um, some of the guys, if they're training for uh, speed and power, they'll do a jump at the end. I'm a big fan of jumps, which are easier to teach than Olympic lifts. So we'll do a wide variety of jumps. I have some, some padded plyo uh, boxes that I got in recently, which are better than the regular plyo boxes, just because I had a couple incidents, which is never fun, where someone missed the box jump and kind of got their knees scraped up, you know. So I, was, I said, oh, i gotta get I got to get some, some padded plyo boxes. Those are a great new addition. Um, so we'll do, you know, we'll do box jumps, we'll do broad jumps, we'll do vertical jumps, we'll do kneeling jumps. Um, usually start t- uh, two days a week, one or two days a week with one of those. And then uh, people are in training for that, so they'll start with, with some kind of big lift. And like you said, we'll go into a circuit. Um, and a circuit might not necessarily – people often think circuit training is high rep fat loss training, but that's not always what we're doing. 
know, Bill Starr used to do his program, which was clean squats and bench press in a circuit fashion for five reps. So we might do something like that. We're still strength, but you're working in kind of a circuit fashion. The rest periods are a little bit lower. You're still getting a conditioning effect. And it's, it's, it's more effective when you have large groups to keep moving. You can't keep them on, on one exercise. Otherwise, the workout will take three hours. And then, like you said, we yeah, still have so, a conditioning finisher. And some of the uh, some of the skinny guys will sit out the conditioning finisher. You know, I might just have them go in the corner and do neck or something like that because they don't need the conditioning work. Right on. All right, so so walk us through it. Like four, four thirty, people start showing up, and you got guys and girls, and how does it all go down from there? Um, well, basically everyone gets there early, which which is great. I, I love. Uh, like, like I said, the family atmosphere. So everyone gets there, they're kind of catching up. And I, I require everyone to foam roll before. And some people need to stretch out their hamstrings or their hip flexors, whatever, before. So they get there. I've pretty much instilled a real dedicated attitude. I guess that's all we really accept. Those are the only kind of people we we uh, attract. So they do their necessary stuff. Then everyone gets together, does the warm-up. And then we will have um, – it's not the best system right now. We have two different workouts going on at once usually. So, uh, but we have people there other than me helping out training people. So, uh, there'll be one group, like I said, that's doing more of a fat loss conditioning workout and one group that's doing more of a size and strength power workout. And, um, basically yeah, we just start, you, I try to start everyone on the same main list. So there's a lot of camaraderie and competition on that. And then they'll just break off into their different stuff. I mean, the workouts are pretty similar, but you know, um, the, the, the more conditioning-based ones will have a few more exercises in them, a little higher reps and a little lower rest periods. Cool. And then um, why don't you walk us through, like, just a little bit of, you know, your theory on, you know, training the girls and, and how it works with training the girls you know, and how Jen helps out and all that type of stuff. And then, you know, what type of women you attract to the gym, like you said, the, the people that you attract and, and that you keep and, and the results that some of these uh, girls are getting. Yeah. Um well, mo- mostly, um, you know, the mainstream has, has brainwashed girls to believe that um, they can only use three-pound dumbbells and have to do 50 reps a set. So, obviously, we don't do that at all. And I, I've instilled the importance of getting strong in everyone that comes to the gym. So, And it, it seems weird because I didn't think there would be that many females that were that into it. But we do have a decent number of girls who really do enjoy, more than anything else, they do watch it, enjoy watching their numbers go up. So... Uh, they like to see their squats, their deadlifts go up, and they get excited. Chin-ups, they love to do more chin-ups. You know, um, I found that those those three lifts, and I like to see their push-ups and their pistol squats actually go up. Because girls, I find that girls are more uh, coordinated and athletic a lot of times with certain lifts. The guys take longer, which is hard to believe, but it, it, it always holds true. Um, guys take longer to learn. Like, I could teach a girl how to do a perfect Olympic lift in less time than it takes. I mean, maybe it's just the girls that I have, but most of them are, are, they learn very quickly and they can do things. They can do pistol squats more effectively than guys can. Um, so, and like I said, uh, the, the difference with girls and guys, though, is the girls do like to keep moving, whereas I might want to rest 90 seconds between a set. Girls like to always keep moving. So we keep the rest periods short, and uh, that, that's another reason to keep the circuits, like, you know, three or four exercises in a row, because at least they get a rest between a certain exercise
They are moving all the time. They break a sweat. So those those are the kind of differences that we do with with the uh, with the girls. And Jen, my fiance, helps out. She trains them. I train the guys. But you know, I'm always there overseeing everything. So I I, I write the programs. I do oversee things. But um, that's pretty much the difference. And that's how how I work with females. What what are some of the numbers some of the girls are putting up for like chin ups or squats or push ups or exercises um, that people can do at home that uh, they can compare themselves to if they're really advanced women? Uh, most of the girls are squatting 135, which is which is pretty good um, for for an average female. You know, these girls have no weight training background. Squatting 135, I have a couple squatting uh, over 185, which I, I think is really good. You know, obviously they're not competitive lifters or anything. So for the average girl, I think that's great. Um, most of them are deadlifting uh, over 185, which again I think is really good. Um, and they can all do uh, a bare minimum of eight chin-ups, which Again, I think that's outstanding, and uh, that really is, yeah, yeah. And, and quite a few of them can do uh, can do sets of ten pistol squats, which is very impressive because you know most average guys can't do one. Yeah, that's incredible. So, um, all right, that's cool, man. That's cool. So, next question, you know, when you're done the workout, what is the general, you know, um, approach of First of all, of the guys you train, the guys and girls you train, and then yourself for right after the workout. What, what are you guys going into drinking, eating, whatever, um, or even maybe just walk us through a little bit. Do you guys go into stretching first, and then everybody goes and grabs their shakes, and then you know you're probably going to be different than some of the other guys. But what's everybody do there? Yeah, I have um, have everyone do a quick little thing at the end where they do a they do a plank, a side plank, a glute bridge, and uh, what's called a prone mountain, which is basically you just lay face down with your upper body up off the ground, those kind of things to kind of reset and realign everything. Um, your, your lower back will feel better. And if you have any kind of lower back issues, I just have you lay face down on the floor, kind of like you're reading a magazine, just with, with uh, laying on your forearm. Uh, some of the people who are excessively tight will stretch and foam roll again. That's kind of individual. And then for post-workout, so the guys looking to gain size, I immediately have them um, drink a shake, which will be, I like Sun Warrior Protein, so... I have them mix uh, Sun Warrior protein and some kind of um, potato or oat starch. They're actually a, called Swedish oat starch. I like those carb powders. They mix those two together. It would be about 30 grams of protein, and depending on their size, their body weight would be about 60 to 100 grams of carbs. Um, and then they eat. Uh, they, they have a shake at the gym, and then they eat. They, they're, you know, I tell them to eat within uh, an hour to two hours right after, which would be a big carb and protein meal. Um, for me, I usually I'll, I'll do that. Um, it depends. It, it, it's funny when you own a gym. Um, I read Dan John said this once that he he lives in a weight room and he he gets very little time to train, and sometimes he trains at home, which is crazy because I own a gym, but sometimes I'll end up uh, training at home and just doing on a wall mounted chin up bar. I don't know how that works out, but sometimes you just don't have that much time. You're at the gym always training people, but for me, um, I'll usually just mix mix up something quick if I have the time similar type of thing, or if I'm going home right after, I'll come home and I'll make one of my big shakes, which will be uh, a banana, uh, mixed berries, dates, um, throw, and I always change the fat source in there, I guess if it's post-workout, I won't, I won't put the fat in, but uh throw cinnamon and uh, some kind of protein powder in, some maca powder, and then uh, I'll eat, like I said before, my dinner is usually very similar every night, it's a lot of vegetables and salad and uh, and beans and whatnot. 
And then you start off the day as a shake, too? Yep, I do, yeah. I change it every single day, so there's no, um, I'll put, like I said, I change the fast horse, so some days will be coconut milk in there, some days will be hemp milk, some days I'll do, uh, cacao nibs, um, hemp, hulled hemp seeds, cashews, walnuts, uh, macadamia nuts, always, uh, chia seeds. I'll always switch, mix and match that. Uh, protein's always rice and pea and hemp protein. And, uh, always mix up the fruit too. You got a favorite one that you can tell people, like, hey, this is one of, you know, my five uh, favorite Pretty standard. Ingredients. I like the coconut milk. I like the coconut taste. So pretty standard is banana, mixed frozen berries, coconut milk, cinnamon, and uh, protein powder. Cool. Cool. Uh, All right. Uh, next. One. Yeah. So, so uh, going back to, like, you know, how this is working for you, and, and I know you've had uh, the shoulder problem and the surgery in the past, So, but someone on Facebook, uh, Brad Pilon actually, was asking, you know, how your body weight has changed in the last, you know, five years or even ten years. Like, maybe just take us through your history of, like, you know, when you started training, you know, how you built out a muscle at first. And then, you know, people just want to know about the uh, what you've gone through and, and what you've learned over time. Yeah, sure. I, um, well, when I started, I just went through this pretty quick. When I started, I was, uh, I graduated high school at 147 pounds at six foot, which I am now. And I had been training for a while, so I don't remember what I was when I started. But remember, I started high school, I was less than 100 pounds. But anyway, um, I had a couple spurts where I, where I found stuff that worked. And I remember I gained 30 pounds in a pretty short period of time when I, when I first got off of those crazy high-volume uh, Flex Magazine-type workouts, uh, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s. And I went up to 177. I remember being stuck there for a while. And then I finally... You know, I, I went back to high volume, and I found some some other stuff that worked, and I finally got up to 200. And um, eventually, you know, I experimented with everything over the years. I got up to, uh, I always fluctuated between 227 and 231. I was comfortable at that weight, which I figured my normal adult weight is probably only about 165 or 170 if I don't train and, and, and force myself to eat. So I figured that was pretty good. I mean, going much heavier than that for me was kind of crazy. So I was, I was comfortable around 230. Um, then I had the shoulder surgery. I tore my rotator cuff, and I dropped down. I said, "Let me do an experiment. Let's see what my what my weight is after all these years of training and, and eating. Let's see where I'm at." And I dropped all the way down to uh, back to 177, uh, 179 actually. When was that? Uh, this was the fall of 2008. Wow! All the way back down to 179, and people. That saw me were horrified. That they all thought I had a serious disease. And, um, <laughs> I I really looked like death. I really looked horrible. So I said I got to end this experiment. But I think if I kept it going, and what I was doing was I was just eating normally. So let me just eat when I'm hungry, like the average guy does. I'm not training. I can't train. Um, and I think I may have dropped down into the 160s. I don't know. So it's kind of crazy. That after all those years, that was my 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 normal weight. But uh. Then I started training again. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a little bit of an uncontrollable. Uh, I do stupid things in the gym. I'll put it that way. So I, I tweaked my shoulder, re-injured it, not severely, a couple times throughout the rehab process. You know, I thought it was it was getting a lot better, and then I just, you know, like I said, I like to do stupid things. So I set myself back quite a few times. But uh, now I'm back up to 214. I'm kind of at a phase right now where I'm debating what I want to do. I go back and forth. I'm kind of deciding if I want to just um, stay around this weight or maybe be lighter. Um, I'm not sure. 
but then there is there is a, a part of me that wants to show that I can do it vegan. Uh, so I, I probably will end up getting back up to my old size just to let people know, you know, that it can be done. I know it can be done. If I put my mind to it, I could be there within two months. Just right now I've been busy, so I haven't still been eating as much and focused on my training. But that's probably what I'll do and then eventually decide where I want to spend, you know, the rest of my time. My, 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 I probably feel healthier at 200, but probably go up, go back up to around 230 or so one more time. Very cool. All right, so do you have any idea how many calories you take in every day and how many grams of protein? Um, I really don't count or measure anything. I would say it's got to be over 3,000, but, again, I really don't. And that's not something I would recommend. I mean, most if you're skinny, if you're skinny and you're trying to gain weight, you should have an idea. I don't. I kind of just go by feel. I know I know where I'm at just by, by the mirror and the scale and how my clothes fit. But uh, at the beginning, you definitely should. You should have a pretty good idea. Um, as far as protein goes, I'll probably get – usually I have two shakes a day, which are 40 grams. And then I'll have uh, – uh, I'll probably about 150 grams a day, which is a far cry from what I used to be. I used to do 300, 350. I think I got as high as 400 grams at one stretch. But um, I never found that to be that, that effective. Yeah, and then uh, what's your opinion on like you know you and I were talking about John Hines and how you said he's like two apples and a yeah and some hemp seeds or something the guy's jacked yeah. and uh, so do you find that you get more nutrition more results from fewer calories on on a vegan diet or you know a more plant based diet even just in general I think so and, and I, I was in opposition to that idea for years I, I always thought recovery with calories you know many calories you can that's all that matters you're going to recover but i recover far more effective far faster now than i ever did which is crazy and everyone that i put on this kind of diet has experienced the same thing i don't get sore a lot of my joint pain is gone i used to have lower back and knee issues that are gone so i recover a lot faster on less calories and i think it's just because the calories are so much more nutrient dense and um you know i'm not putting as much digestive stress on my body eating a lot of the junk food that I used to and a lot of the excessive junk calories. Um, so, you know, my, my, my whole digestive system is better. My gastrointestinal health is better. And I do recover a lot quicker, and I, I think you do get more nutrients, and um, you get you get, um, you get an anabolic response from less calories. Um, yeah, like you were saying, I mean, John Hines literally eats, I don't know, he must eat 1,000 calories a day, and he's jacked out of his mind. Uh, I wouldn't recommend that to, uh, to a skinny teenager, but I think uh, it can work. You know, for me, I'm gaining size on far less calories than I used to. So I think it happens um, more effectively, you know, once you get over a certain age and a certain uh, training experience. But but overall, the, the idea, and a great book to read about that is uh, The Thrive Diet by Brendan Brazier. He really explains the whole thing and, uh, and why that, that phenomenon exists. Yeah, I'm actually on page 40 of uh, that book right now. It's... it's uh... Interesting. Oh, nice. um, yeah. One. So uh, yeah, and one of the other things you were saying about the the teenage kid. Now it's it's different. You know, we might get more of it now. But it, it, all bets are off, kind of when you're like you know 18 years old and your metabolism could be so jacked up and you're doing activity and you're doing activity that you don't even think is activity, like you're running around on your skateboard and stuff. And so yeah, calories exactly. just should generally should be through the roof for these guys, right? Yep. And I I try. I try to keep them as clean as possible with younger guys like that. 
was, you know, I used to just tell him, oh, you know, eat, eat Whoppers all day, which obviously that's not healthy. I try to keep it clean as possible by telling them to add, uh, you add two tablespoons of olive oil to every meal a day. That's an easy thousand calories right there. You know, it's healthier than eating pizza and burgers. Uh, so I try to do that. I still find that most of them do need to add in some junk food. But I tell them, you know, instead of, of going to McDonald's, you know, to make a burger at home or, um, you know, eat, 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 have some pasta at home that your mom makes or something like that. Um, he eats some um, <clears throat> coconut milk ice cream instead of, you know, going out to um, Ben and Jerry's or something like that. So I try to keep it a little healthier. Um, but they still definitely do need some kind of cheese food. It, it is hard when, when you're when you're that young and your metabolism is that fast. Yeah, I just uh, I, I laugh every time you say the word Jerry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jerry. Uh, okay. Um, actually, while we're on the the, the <laughs> hey buddy, while we're on the topic of young athletes. Uh, why don't you tell us a little, you know, a quick five-minute spiel on, you know, the young athletes that come in before the, the average shows that come into your gym at night and, and, you know, just what you're doing with those kids. Again, mix of guys and girls, and, and uh, you kind of give them the nutrition component of it. So what about the training? Uh, the training is really basic with those guys. Um, I usually just have them do three exercises because uh, otherwise it's too much confusion, and they need to learn the exercises. So at first, um, although I would like to be really old school and say that everyone just comes in and does squats, cleans, and bench the first week, uh, most people aren't prepared to do that. Uh, kids are really tight. I guess I don't know if they're sitting around and playing Nintendo all the time or what, but they're really tight, so uh, they're not always ready to squat or deadlift. They can't hold an arch in their back for the life of them. And like I said before, what's funny is the girls actually can. Uh, more often than not, the girls can do the things I want them to do pretty pretty effectively. The guys can't. Um, I'll start everyone out with unilateral kind of stuff. We'll do step-ups and split squats and, um, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll drag the sled, stuff like that, one-arm rows, push-ups, uh, a lot of body weight stuff, uh, inverted rows. And, um, you know, like I said, we'll really do three exercises, a push, a pull, and a lower body exercise for about five sets. I always keep the reps low with beginners uh, because they don't have the intramuscular coordination uh, and that the, um, the stabilizer strength to do high reps is too risky. So we keep the reps low between five and eight, for about five sets, three different exercises. Pretty simple. And then uh, we may do a finisher at the end, you know, just to make it fun. Um, and then I'll progress them into the bigger lift. Squats, presses, uh, deadlifts, cleans, stuff like that. Uh, my Olympic lifting progression is, I know a lot of high school teams, the football guys get tested, and my college guys get tested on the clean, so we have to do the clean, even though I said the jumps were easier. Uh, we will do a clean, but I always start with a, a dumbbell Olympic lift. That's the easiest to learn and teach. Then we'll progress to a pole without a catch, which will be some kind of high pull or clean pull or something like that. Um, and believe it or not, snatch is a lot easier to learn and teach than a clean. So the clean would be the last on the list, even though those guys are getting tested on it. And then we'll work up to that. Uh, if you're going to do that, it is great for guys with shoulder problems. If you have bumper plates, so you can drop them like <clears throat> like me. Uh, more beneficial to drop the, the clean from the top. Um, but that's basically it with the, with the younger athletes. The, the, the programs are, are very simple and basic. And then once they get more advanced, we'll kind of work up into the same kind of system that, that I discussed earlier. 
Very cool. Now, uh, one question I wanted to ask that you were talking about a bit before is you make the skinny guys sit out of the conditioning stuff. So guys are always asking, you know, how much cardio, how much conditioning should I do if I'm trying to gain muscle? So what are your general rules, and how does that differ from young guys to older guys and, you know, to guys who want to get really jacked and guys who just want to gain a little bit of muscle? Yeah, um, it's funny because now in the in the, in the Internet, YouTube, uh, train like an athlete kind of phase, uh, everybody asks me all the time about what kind of conditioning they should do. And we never heard of the word conditioning when I was coming up. I mean, you know, and, and looking at bodybuilders in the 80s, there was, there was lifting and there was cardio. And, I, you know, no one did conditioning. Uh, maybe we would do cardio. But um, to gain size and strength, you really shouldn't do any at the beginning. If you're skinny, it doesn't matter what age you are. If you have a fat metabolism, the genetics that keep you lean, and your goal is to gain 30 pounds, Probably shouldn't do any for, for at least 12 weeks if that's your main goal. Um, if you want to do some, do what Dorian Yates did and, and get up in the morning and go for a walk. Uh, I, I like the two ends, two opposite ends of the spectrum, the two extremes, either high intensity or really low intensity. I think the middle ground stuff is what causes uh, cortisol release and which heats up muscle. Um, so basically, like I said, I would either have guys to uh, just follow Yates' uh, guidelines and uh, and walk, or I would do sprints or some kind of high-intensity method like that. The in-between stuff is no good. So, so someone like me, uh, 35 years old, I do not stay ripped by any means. I do need conditioning or I will get fat. So I would train three days a week, and then I would recommend uh, two high-intensity sessions. Uh, personally, I prefer sprints above all else, so... Uh, hill sprint, the flat ground sprints are the riskiest because you're, you're, you're at risk of a hamstring pull. Sometimes you'll even pull a quad if your running form is horrible. So uh, hill sprints really minimize the risk because of the angle of your body. So I, I recommend hill sprints twice a week. If you don't have a hill near you, uh, sprint with a sled or sprint with a prowler. Uh, the jump rope is great. You know, it works for every boxer in history. It'll, it'll work for you. Um, those are really the two basics. And then I know people like to get into more of the fun stuff which we do at the gym, too. So if, if you have access to uh, the strongman kind of stuff, medleys like that are great. We, you know, you take um, kettlebells and go into the battling ropes from a kettlebell swing to a battling rope uh, to a body weight drill to a sledgehammer swing. That kind of stuff is great. If you're going to do that, you got to be careful that it doesn't interfere with your strength training. So that kind of workout might have to replace one of your strength training days. Um, you could do two strength training days, one kind of crazy, uh, conditioning, str- kind of strength-based conditioning day. Um, and then, uh, I'm losing my train of thought here, but, but for, for everyone else, like I said, it's, uh, it's either low intensity or high intensity, that middle ground stuff where you just get on the, the bike and ride pretty hard for 30 or 40 minutes. That kind of stuff I hate. That, that definitely causes muscle loss and, and, uh, and cortisol increase. It's either interval training, or some kind of high intensity stuff, or the real low intensity. If you do the real low intensity, you got to do it obviously for a long time, six days a week for 30 to 45 minutes. But those two won't cause muscle loss, with the other middle range stuff will. Very interesting, excellent stuff. Um, all right, let's do. We're going to get into some of the questions that have been on my Facebook page when I said I was going to interview you, interview you. So let's just do rapid fire here on some of the best exercises for body parts. So uh, best exercise for chest. Um, I like uh, a suspended fly push-up combo. 
It's really good. I mean, if you think of the pack, the function of the pack is to draw the arms across the midline of the body. So it's got to be an exercise that does that. So uh, that would be on a, on a pair of black straps or the jungle gym straps or something like that. You kind of go down and let your arms go out like it's kind of a fly and kind of a press combo. That works great. That's probably my, my, my number one favorite uh, exercise for chest. And then any kind of suspended push-up or old-school push-ups I like a lot. Very cool. All right. Uh, next is, uh, let's say, upper back. Uh, upper back can't be deadlift. Um, then if you want a more specific, I mean, deadlift will build your entire back. That's definitely number one. If you want more specific, I would do some kind of face pull or row. And I, I always prefer body weight when it's possible, so I would do the face pull on a pair of straps or, or gymnastic rings or something like that. Yeah, one of the things you wrote uh, a while ago I really liked, you said, whenever possible, do your assistance exercises as body weight. You want to just maybe explain a little bit about that? Yeah, anytime you move your body through space as opposed to just moving your arms or a fixed object, there's um, there's a higher level of neuromuscular activation. You just incorporate more muscles. So as opposed to laying on your back and doing a dumbbell press, uh, nothing's really activated except those pressing muscles. But if we, if we flip over and do a push-up, now your whole body's activated. So you're getting much more bang for your buck, your glutes, your quads. Your lower back, your abs, everything comes into play, and your stabilizers, you get a lot more out of it. So even an exercise like a face pull, you can do uh, moving your body by just leaning back, you know, with the PRX straps, the glass straps, as opposed to uh, pulling a, uh, a cable stack. Cool. And do you think that people are going to be at less risk of overuse injury if they're doing more push-ups rather than more dumbbell and more bench press? Yeah, definitely. It's just It's just more natural. Um, it's it definitely, yeah, it's, it's a lot safer, and you build, you build, um, your, your prime movers and your stabilizers get strengthened in the proper ratios, so there's no imbalances you develop, and everything's kind of, uh, just, you know, in, in, um, in proper, uh, balance. Very cool. All right, what about, uh, for building lats? Uh, chin-ups, definitely, any kind of chin-ups. Yeah, you got a really cool article on, on doing more pull-ups and, and doing more push-ups. Is the more push-ups article on your blog or on your website? Um, I believe that, that's on, on my website. Okay, and the pull-ups one is on the blog, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. So everyone can just search Jason Perugia and how to do more push-ups or how to do more pull-ups, and you'll find that those are two of the two of the most popular questions I get and two of the best articles for that. So what about hamstrings? Uh, first and foremost would be a full squat. Can't beat that, and that's one more direct. Uh, you can't beat the glute ham raise. That's definitely the best uh, hamstring exercise there is. Oh, unfortunately, a lot of people don't have access to one. But if you, if you don't, you can do the floor glute ham raise. Or uh, Legend Fitness actually has a great. It's, it's cheap. It's only about 250 bucks. It's a floor model where we kind of kneel and you have a partner hold your uh, your ankles. That's a great exercise. The great thing about the glute ham is, unlike a squat or any any form of deadlift or good morning where you train your hamstrings. There's no joint stress, there's no spine, stress in your spine, your knees. You can do them if you really want to bring up your hamstrings. You could do the glute hands up to five days a week and really have no ill effect. And should you get like a giant glute ham race that basically is like 20 feet long? <laughs> I, I highly recommend that. And then if, if you do get that one, I would recommend having Craig come and help you move it in. And then get rid of it two weeks later. Yeah, yeah, that's the optimal plan. Okay, that's good. Quads? Uh, squats. I, I like back squats. Front, front squats are great, too. I don't really like to do them that much, but they are a great exercise. Single leg exercise for those uh, muscle groups? Anything uh, stand out to you? 
pistols. You gotta, you know, you definitely have to be strong enough to do pistols that really can screw up your knees. So you gotta work up to them over a few months of proper progressions. Uh, pistols are great. Uh, one leg uh, back raises or back extensions are awesome for the hamstrings. The whole posterior chain as well. Those are great exercise. Cool. And then um, traps. Uh, traps definitely deadlift and uh, clean. And then abs. Abs. abs so, I mean, abs. there's so many different ways of doing abs. Like, let's let's look at it two ways. What are the what are like the exercises that people should do to take care of their back? And uh, you know, anything unique beyond the classic plank side plank stuff. Anything that you have people do as beginners, and then beyond that, you know, what is what's the you know the classic answer to how do I get the six pack abs? Um, unfortunately, I don't have anything exciting beyond the the, the planks and whatnot. The, the, the four exercises that I mentioned before, the plank, the side plank, the glute bridge, and the prone mountain, those are great. I, I think those should be done every day. Um, and then every exercise you do, you should brace your abs like you're going to get punched. Um, make sure you concentrate on, on doing that. Most people don't. But if you're overhead pressing, whatever you're doing, always brace those abs really tight. Um, and my, my favorite exercises are um, uh, power wheel rollout. You can do with the, the, the power wheel from um, a Lifeline, or you can just get one of those cheap wheels from, from the from the uh, sporting goods store. That's a great exercise. Uh, old school hanging leg raises, I think, are great. But you have to. Uh, most people aren't strong enough to do them, and you do have to work up to a proper progression of those, which we kind of start with just an old school. Uh, basic uh, reverse crunch on the floor. I know there's a lot of talk about spinal flexion being dangerous, and I agree. But if you do them properly and progress slowly on these, you can do them. It's a great exercise. Any kind of farmer's walk or uneven farmer's walk is great. A medicine ball uh, work is great. Um, wood choppers, medicine ball slams are great. Um, and then basic, you know, your basic squats, deads, overhead presses. As far as getting the six-pack, um, that's really just diet. As long as you diet yourself down to single-digit body fat, then you'll be able to see them. Dieting and, and proper, you know, cardio conditioning. Okay, so let's just to wrap up some of the stuff here. One of the questions on the Facebook was, you know, simple mass question: sets and reps range and overall workout time when training for mass. Now, what what are the basics there? Basics are. Uh, you have to keep the volume low. The most important thing is getting stronger. So you have to get stronger every week. If you don't get stronger, there's no way you're going to get any bigger. Um, so I prefer to uh, – the workout time should be about 40 to 45 minutes. Um, the sets should be probably about 12 to 18 per workout. Uh, per body part, keep the sets minimal, uh, no more than five usually, two to five sets. I usually prefer to work up a heavy set. I don't, I don't like to do too many sets uh, in the same rep range at the same weight, so we'll vary the rep ranges a bit. Um, I'll work up to a heavy set and then maybe do a back off set and set another rep range, something like that. But the, uh, the best rep range for building mass is somewhere in five. The average should be about five to eight reps. And then if you're a little bit more advanced, the back off set of between nine and 12 is always good. Um, if you just do pri primarily nine and 12, not always the best option, unless, unless you're older and stronger and a little bit beat up, that, that could work for you. But um, basically, and uh, the frequency is important too, so full body workouts work great for beginners and intermediates. They also work for advanced guys, you just can't stay on them too long. There's a way you should rotate on and off of them, which I explained in, in triple threat muscle. Um, and then everyone else, upper, upper, lower splits work, work equally as well. But 
always a way to use both to um, you know to really maximize your results. And so, like, like I said, frequency with full body, obviously you're hitting three days a week. Um, with upper lower, you're going to be hitting uh, twice a week or once every five days, depending on how you train. But that 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 is important as well. You can't uh, you can't do the old once once per week per body part. That 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 really doesn't work that effectively for anyone that's not a high level elite bodybuilder. On tons of crank. Right. Um, okay, a question from Amar comes. Uh, you know, what, he sees people not making any progress. You see people make, not making any progress. What are they doing wrong generally? Is there like two or three things that, you know, people that are just absolutely getting nowhere, what are the big mistakes they're making? Um, yeah, I've seen that. You know, it's funny. There's a, there's a couple guys who email me all the time, and I know they're getting nowhere. And it's always the same thing. It's too much overthinking, too many questions. Um, you really have to pick a goal and stick with it and don't overcomplicate your training um just you know decide this is this is my goal you can't say well i want to get ripped and i want to get huge that's not going to work you got to pick one or the other and it's just information overload with the internet i think it was a lot and, of and all that mma stuff now too because everybody thinks they want to be super conditioned and exactly super yeah mean. It's, it's getting too much all the conditioning stuff is getting to be way too much where it's getting so hard for skinny guys to get strong because they think they have to do uh, Sean Shirk's workout where they train in those five-minute circuits without taking a break and flip tires into chin-ups and into the prowler. It's never going to work for a skinny guy. That's not how you or I trained, you know, 15, 20 years ago. It's not going to work now. Uh, get that out of your head. Just get focused on the big lift. Uh, watch you just, you know, make sure your numbers climb. You know, get get rid of the ADD and the information overload. Don't worry about every what everyone else is doing. Just pick a proven system and focus on the numbers. The numbers have to go up on the squats, the deads, the cleans, the chin-ups. Uh, keep pushing those up. Keep pushing the, uh, the calories up. And that that's really, those are the biggest mistakes I see is just the overthinking and the lack of, of uh, focus and too much conditioning and worrying about that kind of stuff. Like I said before, if you're really if your main goal is to gain 30 pounds in the next 12 or 16 weeks or however long, don't be obsessed with conditioning. Maybe doing no conditioning is, is your best bet. You know, it depends on how lean you stay, but don't that that shouldn't be your main focus. Your main focus is on lifting heavy weight and not jumping around from program to program, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Stick with something for a minimum of, of four months. Um, actually, his question was about calf muscles specifically. So what I didn't ask you for, you know, your best calf exercises. I I'm pretty sure you've you and I have had discussions about this before. So what what's worked for you and your guys? Uh, calves are definitely probably the hardest muscle to build. Uh genetically if, if you're blessed with calves, you'll have big calves. If you don't, you'll be string beans. And really that that's the one muscle that I would say you have to go high volume. Two options. You can go high volume which I would alternate phases. I'd go high volume for a month and alternating maybe every set you do. Let's say you do a set of sit-ups, then do a set of calves, then do a set of uh, bench press, then do a set of calves. Alternate set of calves with every exercise you do. So you're going to be working up to 10 to 15 sets of calves in a workout. Obviously, don't do that tomorrow. You won't be able to walk, but work up to that to that level of volume. Do that twice a week. Uh, that works really well, high volume. Stretching for calves is huge. You have to stretch them. I would stretch them on every set, in between reps, in between sets. Um, 
and then I would alternate a high volume phase with a lower volume phase where you cut the volume down to maybe a third of that, but do uh, slow, slow eccentrics and pause in the bottom in a stretch position for five to even ten seconds, which would be excruciatingly painful. But that does seem to work. And then I would finish up every one of your calf workouts with uh, ten minutes of jumping rope. And that, I mean, I've seen guys put two inches on their calves and, uh, in about eight weeks doing that. It, it's brutal. It's boring. It's, it's not exciting training calves, but if that's your goal, that, that, uh, that will work. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Um, okay, uh, quick question from Keith Scott. He wants to know which, uh, year was better, 89 or 92? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to go with 92. Alright. And, yep. um, <laughs> I told him that was an entire call right there, but I, guess I know I didn't think you wanted me to elaborate because we'd be here for quite a while. Um, okay, uh, there is a couple other questions here. Just one sec. Oh man, I totally blew this. There was a really good question, and uh, actually, why don't you just explain to everybody what the difference between triple threat muscle and muscle gaining secrets is? Uh, muscle gaining sequence was aimed more towards the, uh, the skinny hard gainer, the, uh, the beginner, uh, whereas triple threat muscle, I do, even though I just said a few minutes ago not to be so obsessed with conditioning, it is more of an athletic-based program, so where there was, there was the focus was just pure size and strength gains and muscle gaining secrets, there was a conditioning component to this, and there was also a more athletic-based component to it where we include power exercises, so you will get faster, you get explosive, you get bigger, you'll get stronger, and you will, um, you know, you will improve your conditioning. Although I do, I do mention in there that if your main goal is size, you, you can feel, you know, feel free to skip the conditioning component. That's entirely up to you. It's still, yeah, it's still it a great program for just size and strength. That is the main focus: is size and strength. You will gain size, but um, for those that want the explosive power, you're going to get that in the conditioning. That, that, you know, that's optional. Yeah, that was. Uh Good read last night. I read through his workouts. Looked like a lot of fun, and you know, just going through all the studies that you that you talked about, and you got the uh, plant recipes in there. Pretty cool stuff. So it really is kind of you know what you're doing now. A really, a real good look in the inside of your gym, as if you know people yeah, get to, to train there. Yeah, I, those recipes are killer, by the way, and I think people uh, will really enjoy those. Um, okay, a couple more questions. I did find them. So Scott Adaman, Addy Man, asks, "What's the best?" Uh, he asked about rep ranges, and we talked about rep ranges a lot, but do you, he asked about 5x5, five five, and have you ever used that? Um, I'm just kind of butchering his question here, but, you know, he brings that question up about using 5x5. Five five. Yeah, I, I've used it plenty of times. Um, and it's I in triple threat, right? Uh, yeah, there, there's different ways to do it, um, and it depends on, on the exercise. I like to work up to a, to a heavier set. I mean, you could use the same weight for all five sets. And you know, this, this, there's, this is kind of off, off the, uh, the topic here, but there's different exercises that are volume exercises and there's different exercises that are intensity exercises. So for example, to me, a squat and a deadlift is an intensity exercise. You basically work up to a heavy set and that's it. Um, whereas with a push up or an inverted row or a face pull, that's a volume exercise. You're not going to work up to one heavy set that's going to destroy you where, where a heavy set of squats will. It's, it's, you couldn't, you couldn't do another set, you know? So something mindless like a curl, I consider that a volume exercise. So inverted rows, I might do five sets of the same, you know, eight to ten, the same same number of reps. But with a big lift, I won't, just because it's too stressful uh, physically and mentally, you know, to, to, to get up 
for that lift again. So um, five sets of five is kind of it just really depends on the exercise. Uh, with a speed with a speed exercise, I will definitely do that. Like a clean five sets of five, no problem because you're you're never going anywhere near a failure. It's just explosive, and you need to learn the lift. And your CNS gets fired up with each uh, successive set, so you get better at it, you get stronger, you get faster. Uh, for 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 guys like you and I have been training for a while for strength. I would do one set of five, where the four sets would be a warm-up. I don't, I don't like doing five sets of the same weight. I think that's too much. Uh, with a beginner, I would do five sets of five. So it's just kind of there's no real clear specific answer to that. It just really depends on the situation and, and the uh, the athlete. Okay, cool. Um, just the last couple of questions here. When you're doing the weighted weight, do you use weighted push-ups in your program? Yeah. Okay, so what kind of rep range are you doing, set and rep range are you using for that? Um. That could vary too. It's usually between six and twelve reps, and you could do those with uh, with a weight vest. You'd have someone hold weight on your back, or you could get uh, one of the Lifeline USA Power push-ups. Those, those are great too. Okay, and then uh, I guess the last thing is, you know, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Obviously, you got face, you have Facebook page, but probably more important is you have the the forum and the memberships now. So, where do people find out about that? Yeah, yeah, the membership site. I would love to answer all the questions I get all day long. It's just I don't have that much time. Uh, so I know people email me a lot, and I apologize for not being able to get back. But we get we get hundreds of emails. So the best way is in my membership site. Uh, I'm on the forum every day. I do answer questions there. So if you go on my blog on jasonferugia.com, uh, you'll you'll see the members link. We're actually redoing the blog, so it'll be a little more clear where the uh, where the member site is. But um, yeah, the member site. Uh, like I said, there's a new workout every month, and um, I post videos. And like I said, I answer I answer questions in there regularly. That's awesome, man. So uh, I think we covered pretty much all my questions and then as many Facebook questions as we could. Uh, so anything else you want to say about the uh, the new program? Uh, no, I think we we covered quite a bit. So um, it'll be um, uh, March 29th. Uh, Triple Threat Muscle will be available. And um, I just want to thank you for the call. It was great. Yeah, it was really cool. So if I get a bunch more questions in, then maybe uh, something intelligent to sit and ask you, then maybe we'll do another call in the future. But, Jay, thank you very much for uh, doing this call. Really appreciate it. So everyone can check that. I guess you may as well. What's that website again? TripleThreatMuscle.com? Yeah. Just exactly what it sounds like? Yep. Okay, perfect. And probably the best way to get to get a real good load of Jay is from going to his blog at JasonFerugia.com. So, Thanks again, Jay. This is Craig Valentine. Everybody, have a great day, and uh, you got everything you need now to get bigger, stronger, faster, and of course.